Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss not renewing Disney Plus and watching The Matrix instead. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic multiverse. My name is Tyler Borland, and with me always is Danny Vincent. That's right, I'm Danny Vincent, and this week we're talking about Hawkeye, episodes four, five, and six, the back half of the show. What, what? We did it. We did it. We finished 2021 of Marvel stuff, unless they surprise drop something. <laughs> <the next week. laughs> but I don't think that's gonna happen. We get so. we get a whole drop of uh, X Men '97 and it's done live action, just all at once. Yeah, they got they got Hugh Jackman on the Mandalorian set and they're just doing it all CG, you know, backgrounds and stuff. Yes. Uh, so the following contains spoilers for recent Marvel productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of future. Including most likely, wait, 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 you do gotta say, including most likely Spider-Man No Way Home. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Spend your money on that. Yeah, I feel like we do have to specifically put that spoiler there because, you know, because like some people still haven't seen it. My brothers haven't. Anyway, go on. We do not claim to have knowledge of future spoilers, but we'll gladly take full credit if such come true. We're not going to address any leaks, but if our speculations align, it's purely coincidence. So let's talk about the back half of Hawkeye, which is a divisive show. Almost as divisive as the new Matrix movie. But Tyler will get into why on Hawkeye, because we are not a Matrix podcast, in case you haven't caught that. Not yet. We would have to slip into a different digital dimension. But, anyways, (laughs) if you're looking for a show that promises you a much-hoped-for gift, then reveals that gift in the most disappointing manner possible, Hawkeye is the show for you. This is a show plagued by solid writing at the forefront, followed by a severe lack thereof in the back half of its run. The show left me with engaging questions to find out more throughout its run, while the finale has left me with questions doubting Marvel to be capable of handling big characters. The finale of the show is the X-Men Apocalypse-esque entry into the MCU. Thank goodness Loki exists. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I don't appreciate you uh, insulting Kingpin's size. Uh, I think that's very rude of you, Tyler. I thought it was canceled. Thought it was a nice. Thought it was a nice. You're canceled. It was a nice little Easter egg, little hint at what what I'm going to talk about. But anyway, what are your general thoughts? I think the finale is fine. I think the whole show is fine. The finale is fun. Because it like utilizes everything colliding together to make a chaotic brawl. I think it is also like compared to literally any other um, Disney Plus show, where this show's strengths lied were um, actually having a variety of characters that were distinct and I could keep them apart. Uh, compared to like literally any other one of these shows, which in the case of Loki, you know, it doesn't really matter as much because that's more of like you know, it's the Loki. Sh- you know, you know what I mean? It's not like this where it's trying to be an ensemble. But yeah. in the case of like WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier, I can't really remember any of the sporting characters. It's had a lot of those that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Uh, when they came back. Uh, I also do think it's missing a little bit of resolution here and there. But I do think that ultimately the main purpose of the show is to introduce Kate Bishop. And I think this show excels at that. I think she's easily the best part of the show. Uh, it gets me very excited to see more of her. Uh so my basic take on these last three episodes are pretty much the same as the first few. It's a fun watch due to the cast and it never like going super big and staying very grounded. Um, with the exception of a few Pym particle arrows. Uh, and, but ultimately it's pretty forgettable besides Kate Bishop. You know, about those arrows, he's got to, he's got to ask Scott about that, right? Uh, the guy, the, the owl ate it probably. So they're dead. Yeah. R.I.P. 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 Yep. <laughs> okay. So it was a moment of silence. That was a moment of silence. Yeah. Um, which is the first moment of silence we've ever observed for um, <laughs> characters. Uh, 
<laughs> on on any of these shows. Okay, so uh, episode four. Yeah, here's my vision. Uh, He's right. Um, episode four, or the kids from WandaVision. I mean, who cares about any of these guys? These randos, though, they didn't buy it out. But, but those tracksuit mafia randos. Mm. Okay. Um, so, uh, episode four is Partners. Am I right? Danny, can you remind me a little bit of what this episode is about? Uh, well, it opens with the. The cliffhanger episode three being a cop out, which is I thought was pretty funny. Honestly, I like when shows do that. Where it's like, oh, what's gonna happen next week? And it's just like, oh, just got invited to dinner. That's all. <laughs> oh, Jack. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, Jack. You I, got I, like, us again. I, I, I enjoyed Jack's status throughout the entire show as a red herring. I think it was fun. Yeah. Uh, I think also it was smart not to pe- cast Paul F. Tompkins, even though I'm sure he's never actually talked to the role. <laughs> but the thing is, if it was Paul F. Tompkins, you would have immediately assumed he was red herring the whole time compared to yeah. being someone else. Yeah. Then uh, Kate's like, let's do a movie marathon and wear uh, things. There's a fun little montage. They learn. She learns the coin trip trick. Uh, oh, that's right. He tells yeah. Her, he, she figures out he's Ronan. Uh and then they end up in Echo's apartment at the end, and they fight Yelena and Echo at the same time. That was the mm. episode. Mm. Okay, yeah, I think it was it was a pretty solid episode. Um, the part with the part with the fight with Yelena was, I think I was there was a there was a lot going on all at once. Um, and I was kind of like, "Hey, let's let's solidify this. Let's rework it. Let's solidify it. Let's make it uh, c- kind of stronger." But here's the thing, and this is where I'm going to talk about uh, not spoilery, obviously, because you haven't seen it. But I saw The Matrix last night, and let me tell you, the most disappointing part of it, and, th- and trust me, this is really the Hawkeye, is the action is really bad <laughs> in it. And uh, I think that this had better action than the Matrix Four. Which, if you if I had said that, you know, last week before I saw the Matrix Four, I would have been like, "That's insane." But in fact, it's just kind of like you know, it was serviceable. I didn't I didn't have an issue following it. If anything, the issue following it I have is that it's at night and it's poorly lit. But I think the yeah. actual Corey, the actual choreo and the cutting is fine to follow along with the cinematography. Uh, I do think this show really only had one great action sequence, and it's the one in episode three, but uh, the one that you hate because mm. of the music. Uh, yeah, but I think that's the only like great action scene the show ever has. But I think both this and the finale have good fights in them. Hmm. Gotcha. What What about the uh, the the wristwatch? What about it? Because this is the episode that they start talking about it. I did not. They talked about it in the first episode. <laughs> did they? Well, see, yeah, I, mi- talk- I missed it. No, I missed it there. Yeah. No, in the first episode, it's like set up to be the actual MacGuffin of the show, and then yeah. Hawkeye just keeps asking about it, at, like bring bringing up a watch. Uh, so this was just them bringing that back. Um, I think the watch is interesting. I also think uh, this is me being getting. You know how I always like talking about billing. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's very bizarre that Linda Cardellini is listed as a special guest star when I believe she's in five of the six episodes. Maybe she's only in four of them. Yeah. It, it really makes no sense. <laughs> it really, uh, especially when Vincent D'Onofrio is not listed as one, even though he's only in really one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, was listed in the billing for episode five. And six, yeah. Uh, and then yeah. what really bothers me about it is that um, the real reason it bothers me is that there's no with credit. <laughs> it just is mm. Anvir Formiga. And I'm just confused why it isn't with Linda Cardellini. It very much throws me. If yeah. we're going to give her a special credit near the end, like, why don't we just give her a normal credit and not label her a special guest star of a show that she is in five out of six episodes? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. Billing is billing is billing. Billing is billing is billing. Yes. Um, makes less sense than No Way Home Billing. Yeah. But marginally more sense than the Homecoming Billing. The Homecoming Billing will always be the most confusing one. Uh-huh. Um, 
And then, yeah, I don't, I don't have much to say on this, this episode. Do you? On episode four? Uh, my only note, which is literally the only note I wrote on anything, because Tyler wrote an essay in every ever episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'll just reply to these. I have, I don't think I'll have anything to say. Uh, is that I noticed that the main Christmas movie you see in Kate's hand is the Santa Claus. And mm. I think Disney Synergy is ruining characterization because why would anyone want to watch that? Um, well, as your main Christmas movie, you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. would never be anyone's first choice. Uh, and I also noticed Rudolph was in the pile, which is like, ooh, sneaking that IP past Disney. Very smart. Um, and of course, It's a Wonderful Life is in it because it's in the public domain. Um, and I gotta say, since, you know, I rewatched It's a Wonderful Life for my ever podcast, um, I'm not going to really give much credence to this, but it did remind me about like how when I was, I was in film school and college, we were always told to talk about intertextuality and how like art interacts with other art when it places in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I was just like, Oh, haha, you're doing the very obvious thing of it's a wonderful life here. Uh, which I don't mind except for the fact that this really bothered me. This is a air quotes continuity error, but it's really just a niptick. That is that earlier in the montage, you've seen It's a Wonderful Life, right? I'm about yeah. to spoil It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to the listeners, I'm about to spoil. So at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, you know, you first see earlier in the montage them watching and it's George going like, like being happy running for the town. And then obviously hours later in like episode time, like they're having their conversation and it's he finally hugs his family. Like, wait, so they just pause in the movie for like two hours <laughs> or are they watching it again? I just noticed this is this is the, the stuff I look for in a TV show. It's like, yeah, this, this makes no sense. Like, why are they doing this? This is just like when I talked about hashtags. <laughs> uh, yeah, episode four was it was a good continuation of the narrative. Um, yeah, introduce Yelena. I kind of kind of thought like I. Almost think Yelena should have been introduced sooner, but I think it would have been pushing too much content into those earlier episodes. Um, yeah, yeah, because we get quite a bit introduced in those earlier episodes. Um, so episode five is called Ronin. Um, yeah, so in this episode favorite favorite scene probably from this whole show is uh the flashback to 2018 where um we see Yelena get snapped and then she just comes back like instantly uh like we've not we've not seen it from that viewpoint uh, cuz that's really what it would have seemed like is they just blipped you know, in and out of existence. And we've not really seen it from the perspective of someone who's been blipped of what they, you know, remember uh, and don't remember. So I thought that was really cool to get, but should have been in the five years series. In honor of her terrible uh, Tommy Wiseau accent, I will be talking about this episode with this accent the whole time unless Tyler screams at me but for now i think the opening part was very good yes very good <laughs> um the only way her accent could have been more tommy different than tommy was is if she said my wife then there would be a bore it was in all honesty i i felt like i don't know maybe she's like that in black widow but it, it sounded way worse here to me maybe yeah. it's because she's not surrounded by other people doing worse russian accents <laughs> maybe that, that might be it. <laughs> so it really sticks out more uh, yeah. that'd be my theory but uh yeah it's a it's a, it's a rough little accent <laughs> but i do like seeing florence Pugh again uh and my main hope from this show, because I feel like you're going to talk about like Kingpin or Echo or whatever. My main hope from this show is that I do get my Black Widow and Hawkeye movie because I really yeah. liked their dynamic throughout. I would say my favorite scene of the show outside of the uh, the obvious scene I keep talking about, which is the episode three action scene, uh, would be their scene in the elevator in the finale. I think it's really fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
in general, all their moments together have a pop to it. And uh, I also think uh, Hot Take, Haley Steinfeld, and Florence Pugh, both Oscar-nominated actresses, are good actresses who deserve more material always. Yeah. So I would love to watch something with the two of them. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Preferably I, a movie. Because I don't think Florence Pugh deserve. I think Florence Pugh is better than being a TV show. Yeah. And Haley kind of is too, but she did this. So I guess, I can't really say that. <laughs> but she did this. <laughs> I mean, well, she's the lead. She is. I stick by. She's the actual okay. show. Okay. Jeremy Renner okay. is because like, I was like I was like so did so did Florence Pugh. But Florence yeah, Pugh guessed it on this show. It's different. Yeah. Uh, and I'm willing to bet Florence Pugh. I'm willing to bet signed on for Black Widow and had a contract. She's like you can also do all this stuff. And she's like, all right, well, Black Widow is my main thing. And then it was like, well, you have to be in the show. And she's like, oh, all right, fine. I'll put back on my bed eggs. Okay. I got really excited with this episode for Kingpin. Because it was finally confirmed um, through that horrible screenshot uh, on the phone um, of Kingpin. It was confirmed that Kingpin, you know, he's he's the guy behind the curtain. Let's be real. It was confirmed by the credits. It was confirmed by the critics saying Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, there was that too. But, but the screenshot came first. Um, That's true. So, so yeah. Also, I got saying Kingpin, but yeah, yeah, true. Um, So, I, I, I got it really excited, and immediately after I watched that episode last week, uh, well, it'd be two weeks ago now. Whenever uh, episode five came out, um, I got really excited and immediately put my thoughts down on paper, so that way I didn't forget them. Um, and Danny wasn't going to watch until episode six came out. So I was like, well, I can't put anything on the, on our shared document and, uh, spoil anything possibly. So, uh, I wrote it down. Meanwhile, right after I saw No Way Home, I was like, I'm putting up a document with all the spoilers. Yeah. I I was like, laughed at that. But I'm leaving it, but I can't see it for two days. No. That was my, uh, Yelena impression. Yelena impression of Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. So my first thought was Kingpin in Armor Wars. A lot of artifacts from Avengers Compound Rubble is playing into a lot, it seems. Um, Kingpin, please fight and destroy Sharon Carter, who could have also been on the phone with Kingpin at the end of Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, Can I just say something about Kingpin's role in this show overall? Yeah. Not really have to do with the finale, even. I think we live in a culture. We live in a society <laughs> where we are very obsessed with the idea of having the mystery box for no real reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say the mystery box helps, say, WandaVision or Loki as a show. I do not understand the point of just not outright telling us at the beginning that the kingpin is it. There's no reason to be talking around it textually. Out of text, it makes sense because they were like, oh, we want to be surprised if Vincent Norfio came back. But within the world of show, it makes really no sense why Hawkeye would just keep calling him the big guy, the big guy. You know what I mean? Like, Or they wouldn't be saying the name. It yeah. just is a mystery to exist as a mystery. But within the storyline, it just doesn't make sense to not be like, uh, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, they talk around him until the end of episode five. And yeah. it's really just so that way, ooh, it's a surprise, Denorfrio's back. But, like, who really cares? You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I care that he's yeah. back, but they could have revealed this in episode three. You know? Mm-hmm. There was no reason to keep him hidden. That's, that's yeah. my rant about the mystery box. Yeah, I, I think, and, like, I'll get into more of that later, but I think think you keep you do keep him in the shadows but that doesn't mean that you the more that you talk him up you know give like build him a reputation and keep him in the shadows and then finally when we do see when we finally do see him show us or like have his actions give us a reason as to why we should fear that character and then then he lives up to the hype. 
You know, you know what I'm saying. I think the, than- uh, I think the, yeah, and I think the issue is also with this, and I'm not, I'm probably getting ahead. I think the issue is is that Kingpin is just put in the last episode. Uh, mm-hmm. There's really no reason he can't be in the back half of the show all around in other scenes, particularly when. And I want to clarify very quickly. Uh, I'm okay with the episode lengths; they don't need to be longer. I think they're paced well. But yes. they are about a half hour long. There's no reason we can't have a kingpin plot going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's no reason, like, we have to wait until, like, why is it a reveal for the audience about Echo and Hawkeye? Like, Hawkeye being hired by kingpin. Why is that a reveal for the audience? Why is that not told to us earlier so these interactions make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's an unnecessary mystery for the audience. Whereas we could be more on Clint's page story wise earlier and still have the reveal to echo. And in fact, it probably would mean more to us because we would know Clint has this secret. Whereas instead in the show itself, he's like, Oh yeah, I was hired. You're, you're listening. You're like, wait, what? I thought Ronan was his own agent. Why would he be hired by Kingpin? And it kind of just recontextualizes what Ronan was at all. Yeah. And, it comes way too late in the show for it to really like register. Yeah. I think it makes, it makes sense for Kingpin to have, to have Ronan, like for Ronan to exist at, as what he did. Um, it may, yeah. And it makes, it makes sense. Like the, the pieces all connect. However, the method of connection was not executed very, very well. It's just, it's just all to holding your cards till the end. Mm-hmm. And if you play your cards too late, they're not going to matter. Exactly. Like, yes. Yeah. The, this, this show tried to play its royal flush after a second hand had already been dealt. Yeah. Sure. I don't, uh, I don't play poker, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, so yeah, my next one is Echo's origins. It's more of a note. Um, Echo's origins have been altered. Um, Ronan has taken the place of Daredevil in Echo's comics history, it seems. So it, it will be interesting to see how that changes Echo and Daredevil's relationship in the MCU. Um, I assume that we'll be getting Daredevil soon. but I mean, we, ha- we have him. Uh, so Spoilers. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we, we said we okay, no. Home. We just have a lawyer who is really good at catching bricks that are thrown through windows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who's not, the name of the credits is not, Matt Murdock. <laughs> he's <laughs> um, d- different Matt Murdock, but it's this is I just, was going to say what was I going to say? I actually had something to say about Echo and Ronan. Uh I'm not sure anymore. It was about actually it was about Daredevil. Oh, okay. So the watch thing, right? I'm jump I'm jumping around a lot because unlike you, I watch these all as one big thing. Yeah. So as soon as in this episode they were like, or the episode before they were like, the watch has an identity of civilian I put undercover. Uh and this is kind of what I mean, where it's like, I think Marvel, and we're we're we are guilty of this too, especially when we're doing like WandaVision. And I like that we did this show in a sense because there there wasn't as much theorizing. We just kind of took it as it was, you know? And I love theorizing. I think theorizing is very fun when it came to WandaVision and Loki. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think the issue with a lot of this stuff is that um, the show's... Uh, what's the word for it? The show encourages this speculation. And the reason why I say that is, do you know what I thought the watch was going to be? Because they said the watch was a civilian cover that, you know, the, the big guy, which we found out was Kingpin, really wanted. And the cover, the watch would blow the cover. And I, I assumed it was so, and granted, maybe this happens in the, the, the Daredevil season two or three. I don't know. So I never watched them, but I was thinking, oh, it might be like a watch that somehow reveals that Matt Murdock is Daredevil. And, uh, what's his face helped him keep his civilian identity. Hawkeye kept his civilian identity secret, but the actual reveal of it being, oh, of course, his Linda Cardellini would be another coworker of his that fell in love. Of course, that makes sense. Like that mm-hmm. totally makes sense with who Hawkeye is. But if I had watched this weekly and did like a big thing where I was like, I think it's gonna reveal Matt Murdock in the finale, and then I didn't get Matt Murdock in the finale, I'd be mad that I didn't get Matt Murdock in the finale, even yeah. though the actual resolution of the storyline makes sense and is I don't want to say emotionally resonant because it's not like it's a very emotional thing, but it mm-hmm. makes sense for their backstory. Uh 
that's kind of just like a random rant I had about the watch thing and about yeah. how I don't think this show really benefited from weekly drops as someone who didn't watch it weekly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I wish, I wish I would have got to watch the whole show. I was planning on watching the first five episodes, um, right up to episode six, um, here, uh, before we recorded, but uh, time, time didn't let didn't let me get there. Um, so where were we? Um, oh, so yeah, like, and then I also got to thinking. I was like, what is Kingpin's MCU origin? And I was like, well, maybe he was imprisoned prior to the snap, maybe because of conspiring between his organized crime associates um, to f- put Fisk in prison. Then Thanos snaps in 2018. Uh, Fisk escapes prison and uses Ronin during the five years to eliminate the criminal competition that put him in prison. All the more reason to give us a five-year show that revolves around Fisk. Could be done as a Daredevil origin show, even. Would also be cool to see Natasha's contact, Mason, be involved with Fisk's uh, crime business as well. Wrap up that loose end, just saying. Uh, Yeah, so I... I just kind of, I was like, oh yeah, that would be cool. Maybe if we got that, I doesn't, after episode six, it doesn't really seem like we'll get that. I, yeah. I don't know. And then I said, okay, what? Well, no, I, I, maybe I get it. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Keep going. Oh. I thought you weren't done. I thought you were done, but you're not. So Uh, keep going. I don't know. I'm I'm just going to say that. My last note was Kingpin needs to kick butt in episode six. Justify Hawkeye's fear of the big guy, but I doubt the mouse will let us go there. So, well, I mean, I don't think it's the mouse's fault. I think they wanted to keep the focus on the Hawkeye. Um, I have thoughts on Kingpin, but Mm -hmm. I also haven't watched Dare. Actually, that's what I wanted to ask you more about. Uh, before yeah. we get into really dissecting the finale, which is because I know you watched Daredevil recently, and I haven't watched it in like four or five years. Did did Norfio play it the same way, like voice wise? He played it the same way, voice wise. Um, okay, here's. I'm not talking about the writing at all. I'm just talking about the performance. Yeah, just Denorfio's performance. Because something about it felt a little off to me. It did. It I couldn't honestly, figure out what. It it felt like. They were, it felt like Marvel had hired someone to play Vincent D'Onofrio playing Kingpin, which shouldn't have felt like that when it's the same guy playing Kingpin. And I understand, like, you don't exactly want, like, the idea of bringing these these actors back for these same characters isn't so we get the same iteration of the character back is because they played that character so well we know what they're you know what they're capable of um and it's it's kind of kind of a homage homage to that can be a homage to that um you know i i just this felt it felt it just felt like someone they hired a different actor to play vincent d'onofrio's kingpin from netflix in this show and it's that's just weird because it was vincent d'onofrio playing kingpin in the show so so yeah well yeah, it okay cool i was just wondering because i haven't watched the og in a while mm-hmm. uh i want you to say your next point you have written down because i have a lot of arguments against it <laughs> okay <laughs> So, so episode six is called So This Is Christmas. Um, and my first point is, this show did not understand Kingpin and instead set him up as a pushover. Narratively, we're never given a reason to fear him. On the other hand, Netflix Kingpin gave me a reason to fear him in episode two of the Netflix Daredevil show when he smashes a guy's head in with the car door. Perfect right, example cutting you of, off right now. Cutting you off right there. At, uh-huh. This is this right before my point. No, I I uh, know it's Disney. Point. I know make it's Disney. Point. Whatever. Perfect example of writing a villain to the point where the audience knows why the villain should be a threat and be taken seriously. 
This show, rather, spends more time having its characters tell us that Kingpin should be feared while never proving its point. Dialogue is cheap. Action is where the story is. Also, tell no, the no, story hold the between... Also, hold the also. Hold the uh-huh. also. We can talk about okay. that later. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. this is Disney. This is a Disney show on yes. a Disney platform. This is not on a Yes. Movie. Yes. You cannot compare it to, oh... Why didn't Kingpin smash someone's head open? That was uh, not an option here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even. I don't. I don't want the. No. What? What I'm. Well, my point is. My point is. My point isn't. Disney, you need to smash a guy's head in with a car door, um, to show me how violent this guy can be. Like you can show that he's a threat, without going to that level of violence you can you can show that but instead they just talk about it and i'm i it's so it's a it's a disappointment i think i you know this goes back to though the previous problem i said with the show which is not that kingpin is used poorly when he's here it's that he's not he's the show in the marvel industrial complex in a sense is obsessed with the idea of the mystery box right now yeah which does not work. I think of other moments throughout the all, all of the um, you know shows we watch this year. Why didn't WandaVision? Why didn't we just say the engineer was like a friend? Like you know, like why why do we make a mystery out of the engineer? Why do we make a mystery out of Agatha? Although I like the Agatha reveal, I know you don't. Why did we not just outright mention that uh, Sharon was the power broker? Why the only thing that worked as a reveal really, and I'm just talking about TV. In the movies, uh, with No Way Home, that a lot of the marketing was a little too secretive, in my opinion. Not the Toby and Andrew stuff, but like other stuff. Like where it's like, why did we not? Why didn't we reveal Willem Dafoe's new outfit in the marketing? Like you know, yeah. like stuff like that. Like why? Like why are we keeping this stuff so mystery and speculation oriented when it does a disservice to the actual work being done? Mm-hmm. And I think. That is where you really came into play here, where it's like we wanted to be a surprise that Kingpin showed up, but factually speaking, I think about the, also the Daredevil reveal in theaters uh, with No Way Home. We didn't need it to be a surprise because I hate to be very blunt. The Netflix shows are a much more niche audience than what everything else Marvel has done currently that they're bringing stuff in from. We could just say, "Oh, Vincent Norfield is coming back and he's doing a new version of the Kingpin." And you can interweave him into your story better. The main reason I say this is the way you'd have him be a threat is just put in the beginning of episode three during the flashback of Echo. Have him be the one who kills <laughs> kills her dad. You yeah. know? And yeah. we don't need to be Ronan. I mean, I get we need it to be Ronan for this story to work. But there's no reason we can't have a moment earlier on with Donorfrio, even in Shadows, if you still want to keep it a mystery. Yeah. There's no reason we can't have that there. The issue, though, is not, though, with the finale. That's where I really want to be clear. Is I think the fin- that's my argument here is that I understand your problems with the show, but I do not. I think they're show wide problems. They're not, ah, oh, the finale was a letdown. The finale is terrible. It ruined the whole thing. No, these problems are baked into the entire show. Mm hmm. Uh, and they're baked into this complex where Marvel is building up this thing as a weekly release. You're like, oh, I hope the Kingpin does something cool. When the fact is, I think the show gave you, or at least gave me exactly what I expected from the Kingpin coming back in a show like this. Because I know it's not going to be as brutal as the Daredevil show. Yeah. The yeah. problem is it decided to keep it to the last episode. Yep. And that's why it's a letdown. And because they yeah. wanted to keep it a secret for no real reason. Yep, agreed. Agreed. It's like this, yeah. and the reason I bring that up around No Way Home also is like people are like, "Oh, I really want Matt Murdock." And I think most people are happy with the amount Matt Murdock is in No Way Home because most people were smartly keeping their expectations in check. But I know mm-hmm. some people who are like, "I wish he had done something cool," and I'm like, "What do you mean? He, he grabbed a brick? Like, what more did you expect in the yeah. narrative of that film? Do you want him to show up in the third act when there's other Spider-Man there?" And they right. Like, you know, like, it makes no sense. Yeah. My my only the issue with to go along with you on this, like my yeah, my Kingpin only issue little... with with him in in that movie is like narratively he was just there. We didn't get a an explanation of like the con- his connections to anybody. But but you can't really fit that in. The movie is so packed already. You know what I mean? That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. 
Well, the only other thing I was going to say with Kingpin was, um, I think Kingpin is a, a slightly different position than Matt Murdock in the sense that, and I've, I've made a letterbox list for this already, is that uh, the other Haley Steinfeld character, you know, who uh, faced off against, uh, was a Marvel character, uh, did face off against Kingpin um, as in Spider-Verse. So people know who Spider Kingpin is from Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, true. It's not, like, it's not like Daredevil where people only know the Ben Affleck version nowadays. <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean like i, I think yeah the, the audience who watch the netflix show is more niche than the mainstream audience that's all so hawkeye never once says anything in the finale about retiring after burying ronin i know it's implied but it's kind of a like tie up the loose ends wrap your presents properly even if they suck i think i don't know i feel like it's implied and i also think maybe renner wants to keep the door open you know Mm. Uh, so I'm okay with yeah. that. Um, my other thing was with the finale. I think the thing that's funny in the finale, uh, in the last scenes, is how to be. Uh, I I highly doubt Linda Cardellini and uh, Jeremy Renner were ever able to be on set together. Maybe it's a COVID thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I noticed something like, oh, it's great to see you, and it's all like either in two shots, you know, like one of them against each other, or in the shot where they are together. There's very clearly you could draw a line right down the middle. Mm-hmm. of where they were uh yeah so and I, i'm sure it's a covid thing I, I i don't think they don't like each other you know what i mean like yeah yeah definitely felt like linda cardellini had to shoot all her stuff on her own yeah um, yeah definitely but. uh so the show feels like it should have had either more time or it should have cut some content. And what definitely I mean is... Definitely the latter. Definitely the latter. Because I think yeah. it definitely... And that's, moments that's in every episode, it's too long. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I'm leaning. Because I think okay. that they try to get too much um, put in there. Um, I don't think... We didn't need a full Kingpin appearance yet. Keep him in the shadows until the very end. Very little dialogue at all. And in the final battle, have him being, a let, being led away from the final battle scene by his second hand man because it would be uh bad press um maybe even bring back the actor who played wesley in the netflix show um before they leave have maya's love interest make a plea to kingpin to convince maya to stay with the crime organization then have kingpin kill him with a one-handed stranglehold now maya has even more of a feud with kingpin this is the disney channel and we see that character shouldn't (laughs) mess around with him we just need to see the guy's feet lift off the ground, and I, then he falls. I just want to say, you say we don't see him be cool, but we do see him be cool. The issue is, is that Kate gets a cheap shot on him, which feels like it's underwhelming. But it until she gets that cheap like, shot, I think the fight does make him feel pretty invincible. <sighs> I just she feel pretty, like she pretty much shouldn't throws have won. her against the wall with like one hand, like once or twice. I mean, yeah. I just feel like she should have got her, like, she should have lost. I mean, but then she'd die, and the whole point of this show wouldn't exist. (laughs) I don't know. Marvel ripped themselves in the corner. I didn't have an issue. I I think the finale's fine. The whole show, it's fine. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's not the... I would give you my Marvel rankings, but I'm pretty sure next week we're... Next week we're getting... Well, yeah, The Matrix... Matrix is probably better than any Marvel thing that came out this year. Uh, but like, uh, that's not really turn a your, burn at all. Turn your back. Turn your back on Venom like that. How dare you? Venom is a. Uh, you Venom call is yourself a fan? No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, I, I can't give no. any rankings. We now. we have both have agreed. Next week. We have both agreed. Yeah, I was like, we both agreed on on some on something. Anyways, but you'll hear that next week. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's those are my thoughts on episode six. I okay. I think I might like it better if I watch it like all together, all at once. Kind of like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, th- I may warm up, warm up to it better. I don't I, know. I, I think this is a lot better than Falcon and Winter Soldier because, as I've said before, Falcon and Winter Soldier has literally three episodes of filler that doesn't really develop the relationship or the plot. It just exists for Zemo, and I know you like Zemo, Zemo. but it really. It makes it a slog to watch. Um, Whereas this pretty much constantly builds. Score, I thought it was fine. Not really noticeable, but not actively bad. It has some fun Christmas elements to it. I'm talking about the score very specifically, how it uses like bells and stuff. Not the soundtrack. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think... Now t- oh, sorry. I thought you were done. Sorry, go ahead. I think uh, it using uh, Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker theme was good there in uh, the finale. Um, we need some Ode to Joy. Yeah. Get me some Die Hard in here. Just watch Die Hard. <laughs> I like the moment where he gets stuck in the tree. I like the moment where Hawkeye got stuck in the tree because it was... um. It was the type of silly Christmas integration I was hoping for the entire show, and it's really the only time it did that. Like, being stuck in the tree and them having to cut the tree down. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Um, I actually do really like the set piece in the finale. Like, it makes up most yeah, of the it's, finale. Yeah, it's a really it, good it, set set piece. And, and there's a lot of moving parts that all come together. During yeah. That. And it's also... Um, it's also the building that Spider-Man swings by in the epilogue of No Way Home. Yeah, I remember people were speculating that Spider-Man would show up in this finale, and I'm like, yeah, no. definitely. Mar- <laughs> yeah, you know, Sony would definitely make that deal for Spider-Man to pop up here right after his movies in theaters that they want to make a ton of money. Which, right. That's an entire number discussion I don't think we'll ever get to on this podcast, but I think the No Way Home numbers are honestly depressing in a sense if you look at them. Uh, the reason I say you know what I'll get into it now because I don't think we'll ever have a chance to talk about it and I think it's more interesting to talk about than the score of this thing is it's great that it's doing well but if you look at it traditionally when movies do well at the box office like huge the box office uh, they're spillover to other movies because if the Mm -hmm. movie's sold out they'll go to it Uh, there is no spillover right now with Spider-Man it's people are ever seeing Spider-Man are leaving and I think that's not a good sign for the future of theater going habits because movies, yeah. can, theaters cannot survive on superhero blockbusters alone. Right. Because, uh, like, I'll be very honest. I understand that the new West Side Story does not appeal to everyone. But it should not be dropping 67% after a $10 million Ooh. opening weekend. Dang. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so, I, I think the Spider-Man numbers I are mean, kind of depressing. Also, <laughs> if they would good. stop rehashing old stuff. There's a mic, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, I, I agree to a degree, but yeah, the fact is pretty much everything dropped other than Encanto, which had some Disney, but you know, Disney fudge. Yeah. Well, and so, it, it like that argument would have, it would have better footing if everything was a rehashing, but not everything. I mean, it, that it argument would have a necessarily, but that argument would have a, element of meaning if uh the big movie wasn't a spider-man movie that uses all the previous movies right exist. <laughs> that uses <laughs> all seven spider-man is that how many there were before uh no seven way home. and eight if you want to count well actually uh it'd be it'd be uh let's see two well okay well i don't know i don't want to add them up because you'd have to add it'd be the seven. spider-man movie but then you can also it, add the two, three Avengers movies he appears in. You could add in the two Venom movies he appears in. And you could add even in Spider-Verse if you wanted to. So that's 13 or 14. Yeah. yeah. We'll, so, leave it up to, we'll leave it up to you, listeners. So back to Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. Let's deal with uh, Tyler's post-credits rant. Post-credits. Quick response. <laughs> okay. Who thought it was a good idea to give us this this is something that should be optional, as in we should have to seek it out to watch it. It was already set up as a joke earlier in the in the show, so why put this lackluster musical piece at the end of a lackluster show? Thanos was right. So, one, it is optional. You can turn it <laughs> off. It's the end of I the know. show. Danny, I know that. <laughs> but also, uh, when your co-host texts you and, sa- and says... <laughs> There's only a well, mid-credits, but not you. a post-credits. That's, that's literally why I texted you. I like, stayed don't, don't because I thought, through it. I thought, oh, yeah, see, I had no idea. I thought there was like, see, I thought we were going to pan out, like, not no, pan out. No, I thought we that. were going to pull out to the audience to see, like, Hawkeye, I think, like, I tried to watch it a second time. I can't do this. And then he leaves again. And that would be funny. Right. That'd be, that'd, that I, would be I, a bit to play on. But, I mean, I get they, they probably shot the whole thing and just like, oh, we'll just put it at the end. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, that's, and then they would just like, well, my, my, I have two issues with it. One of them is one, why would you release the full song after the first episode if you knew this was the post credit scene? Yep. You should have waited till the end of the show because 
when it popped up, I was like, oh, this would have been cool if I didn't already listen to the song, the full song. Uh, <laughs> thing has just I, mean, to do with the concept- <laughs> I don't think the conceptualization of this musical makes much sense. Why is this big number being sung by a random New Yorker? And why is yes. the random New Yorker the one singing, uh, what's the line? Uh, I don't know why. I just blanked on it. Uh, I can do this all day. Why isn't that calf? <laughs> like, uh, it should be like listening to the lyrics of the song. It should be cap singing it. This is my, your issue is a bad song. I, it's intentionally a bad song. So I don't care. My issue yeah. is that the intentionally bad song does not make sense in world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I just, I was just like, really? really like yeah yeah i honestly i would have been fine if they would have been like get it back like we sit through maybe like 45 seconds of it and then it it uh the camera pulls out to or doesn't even have to pull it can just cut to hawkeye sitting with his wife this time and uh his wife and the kids very obviously not not in the same scene like like seeing or they see like maybe it does the camera does pull out and we realize that it is a commercial on tv and then she's like you saw that and he's and he's like yeah yeah it's you know what i would have done if you want that and then i want to move on because i want to wrap up a bit yeah yeah if you want to have the joke i would zoom out and have it being kate and yolena watching it and you'll end up being like, finally, a Broadway show. I, I heard this is something you have to do in New York in case just like uh, face-palming. <laughs> or <laughs> or we, get, we get a callback from Black Widow and Yelena is like, this is good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think if Yelena would have been the good joke character to have. There. It would have, yeah. She talked about how she wanted to do the tourist stuff in New York, and that is 100% a tourist thing to do. Yeah, it so. is. Yeah. All right, let's do our awards for the show. MVP, I think it's obviously Haley Steinfeld. Like, Kate Bishop is way more interesting than Clint Barton ever was, and I can't wait to see more of her. Uh, yeah, easily the MVP. Uh, for me, it was uh, Florence Pugh's Yelena. Um, the the dialogue with Hawkeye in the finale um, when they're talking about Natasha uh, just great emotional performance from Yelena and she immediately brings gravity to, to the show, to every scene she's, she's in and presence. Yeah. Just brings presence and, uh, there's gravity with all of her, with the, with the acting from her. Yeah. Oh, oh, tracksuit mafia is a close second. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, your favorite episode. Mine's episode three. I've already explained why in the last time we covered Hawkeye. Uh, I just genuinely think it's a honestly one of the best MCU crafted episodes they had. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. For me, it's episode five. Um, the interactions between Yelena and Kate really pull this episode together. Um, and we we get a little bit more uh, storytelling and filling in the gaps, too. So, and I'm all for that. Gotta say, it is a shame the... Uh, that Yelena is in the end of... They reveal her face at the end of episode uh, four. Because otherwise yeah. she'd be guest actress not eligible for the Emmys. And unfortunately mm. she will no longer be. She shut the competing supporting. Uh, gotcha. I think Florence Pugh could nail a nom there. Uh, yeah. But anyway, worst episode. Uh, I think it's episode one because I think they all kind of blur together. And uh, I'm going to comment on yours before you say it. I think that's why you picture yours as the worst episode <laughs> because they all kind of flirt together because you keep telling me good aspects of it once I push you on it. Mm-hmm. But go on, say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, episode episode six, and it's yeah, it's mainly the the kingpin kingpin stuff. Um, sure. Yeah, it's just it just felt really underdeveloped. It was almost like he they were in contract negotiation negotiations with the Nelfrio um up until like all the way up until the show was getting ready to shoot and then they were like oh hey guess what we actually have him and then they were they were like just shoot as much as you can with him and all they got was the one one episode but but yeah all right all right and since we finished the show that means we go to our green room nominations we'll we'll see when we do this one uh it probably will be post uh, our awards episode which will be next week 
Uh, yeah. Would be my imagination. Uh, so Tyler, oh, Tyler is listed first. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I like, so Tyler, I give you and I was going to read yours. <laughs> uh, so Danny, I'm going to give you American Animals uh, starring Evan Peters and Barry Keon. Uh, you'll find this on Hulu. Uh, yeah, cool. it's really, really good. Can't wait to talk about it. So, so I'm going to give you awesome. I'm going to give you a movie that we've talked about on this podcast before. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, as in, I've been like, you have to watch this. Uh, and I'm giving you The Five Bloods. It's a Spike Lee joint. Uh, it's starring Delroy Lindo, who was recently announced to be joining Blade. And this is the estimation I'm giving you it, because I want you to see how great an actor he is. Yeah. Kind of like how I gave you Richard E. Grant. Uh, can you ever forgive me for Richard E. Grant? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, also, and then I became John- a Richard E. Grant stan. Yeah, and you're going to become a Lindo stan, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, and then also Jonathan Majors is in this, too, uh, which... Obviously, we're all fans of here, and it's a yeah. Netflix original movie, so you can watch it on Netflix. Alrighty. We'd also like to thank Joe Schremer for adding this episode. He could yes. watch both these movies Joe. if he wants, but he also doesn't have to. It's not his job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to this episode of... Well, wait. This is our New Year's episode. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I, I think at the end of the Spider-Man episode, I said this will probably come out before the end of the year. And I'm like, no, I think schedule-wise, it makes more sense for us to put this out uh, in the new year. So yeah, happy so, 2022. Happy We're 2022. Not yeah, <laughs> but, started off by not watching Hawkeye. Watch. Well, the I mean, Matrix. it wouldn't make much sense uh, anymore. It's about Christmas. Watch the Matrix. It's on HBO yeah. Max if you can't afford it. Yeah. Or Space Jam 2. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I never moved Just, the Matrix in it. You'll, you'll under, like, listeners, you'd understand why I did that if you would have been able to see Danny's face when I uttered those words. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Paycast, Pandora and on our website, why is the tydan.buzzbrot.com? I can do the Elena voice way better than he just did. You can also <laughs> contact us by email at why is at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at why is with Tyndan because Danny's number uh, uno. I don't know what Russian is, that's for Spanish, one. but yeah, uh, it's what I'm saying. Um, you can also follow me. Yelena, whatever last name is, on Letterboxd at the blank mints for reviews of movies, including those not in Russian. All right. Uh, and we, uh, next time you'll hear us, we'll be basically breaking down the year of Marvel, which was a lot. A lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. A lot of, a lot of tears. A lot, lot of, of laughs. A lot of superlatives to give and a lot of whatever the opposite of superlatives are. So, yeah. Yeah. See you then. All right, we'll catch you in the next one.